0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I am so pleased you are able to join me this fine evening. Do not fret yourselves as you are all in the right place. But where is that place? Well, with me, of course. Hmm, now that that frivolous bard is out of the way. (laughs) Ha, yeah. I digress and there is no time to waste. We all know what time of the year it is. It is the time where we venture forth to find the perfect gifts for our friends and loved ones. But there are no Cardinal Ethera in the other land. Are oh, there? How else can I relay this? Hmm. I know of the perfect gifts thanks to my advanced scrying arts, from which I have learnt that the Video games are the ideal gift for all, even for you. All you have to do is remember who helped procure your fabulous gifts. Still pondering on which video game is the best, I shall aid you on that endeavor by borrowing. <clears throat> I mean, using my magical hands so you too can look through the fumes of my scry incense. Through it, we will listen to a podcast called Ramble Shamble. I really must refill the other catalysts to get some more channel options.
1: Good day, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Ramble Shamble. Today, I am your host Jotun, and I'm joined again by Mackie.
2: Hello.
1: Yeah. So uh, we're getting close to the to the end of the year right now. And Mackie and I are both avid gamers. So, Mackie, before we get to the actual topic of today's conversation. Can you please tell everybody where they can find us and how they can communicate with us?
2: I boy, can! So, guys, before we obviously we're touching on a gaming episode today, you can find us gaming on our secondary channel called Fumble Shamble. We may not post as often or as our podcast because the podcast is our main channel, but that is one one media that you can or one channel you can talk to us and maybe you can play games with us. But again, guys, we post our podcast on almost every podcasting platform there is, including Apple, Spotify, YouTube is also one, although it's not really a podcasting platform, but we post there anyways, because we know you guys, and we want to make it as convenient as possible for you guys. We also have a Discord channel, which is the best place for you guys to talk with us, game with us, share your stuff, uh, share your ideas, and comment about the episode, where those comments are super duper important to us. Uh, for topic ideas or many other things and Guys before we go into the typical way. I want to kind of suggest that you guys if you guys want to kind of stop us from doing the same intros of Where can you find us situation? Then maybe you guys can help us with that and help us grow our small little channel to becoming bigger and bigger But until then Jotun what do we do with these comments that the audience shall give us?
1: Yes, so from the answers that you guys give us to the questions that we ask inside of the episode, or based on suggestions that the community upvotes in general, we like to choose the answers that we find to be the most appealing and the most interesting, and talk about that for a shorter little episode inside of a separate playlist called Ramble Shrapnel. And that's just because it's the little bits and pieces of the main episodes. Where we talk about something that you guys suggest. That's the best way in which you guys can interact with us. And that's why we value your input as well and your support. It's our way of saying thank you for listening. Okay. So, with the obligatories done, and before we get to the main topic of the episode, which everybody can see in the title, Mackie, at the moment, what games are you playing right now and trying?
2: Oh, I'm playing two games at the moment when I'm not playing games with you or friends. And that'd be Shadow Overloading and as well as Evil Within 2. Um Ooh. two kind of Lovecraftian lovecrafting kind of games. Um Shadow Overloading is way more Lovecrafting. It is a hilarious game. Posting the first episode, which is probably passed by the time this recording goes out. But hey, the game is really cool. It's very it's a lot of fun and goofiness. <laughs>
1: Wow, what are the what what type of games are they? Like FPS, what?
2: So Shadow Overloading is much more of a it, it uses very basic graphics, so it's a very much like a stickman kind of adventure thing. And it, it its main appeal comes from the the stuff that you read in the world because it's quite it's very stupid in a way, but it's it doesn't it a very clever and in a smart language kind of way. So right that right up Jotun's alley. But even Within 2, I played the first one, which was really good. Even Within 2 is much more of a zombie fighting game. But geez, the scenarios that you get into that game is absolutely insane. You just kind of go like the art direction and ideas behind it is baffling on how broad it is. Think of SCP, but like on proper steroids, like anything you can imagine in your mind, it comes into reality. So, it's, it really makes your mind go, whoa. And it's a horror game, so it makes it even worse. Because now these things are chasing after you. I can I've, I can admit that I almost pooped my pants a few times playing that game.
1: <laughs> wow. Okay. Now, that's that's actually really interesting because I've been looking for something a bit more story-heavy to play.
2: Oh, I cannot recommend Evil Within 2 more. Shadow of the Lillian is a good chill game. So, if you want like something like, hey, I'm a bit tired. I just want to play a chill game that will make me laugh. Shadow of the Lillian. I can kind of
1: give you that recommendation. Thanks. Yeah. So recently, I I acquired Elden Ring, and Ooh. so I'm giving that a yeah. I'm giving that a go. But I I kind I tend to kind of bounce off of games where I'm not really given any kind of directive or story mm. to work off mm. of, and I'm getting some of those vibes inside Elden Ring.
2: That's exactly what happened to me.
1: Yeah. Even though I know that a lot of the appeal is meant to be about the the exploration and just spontaneous encounters that you find within the world, as well as like Easter eggs and stuff like that, kind of in a similar way to to Skyrim, I'm I'm, I'm not getting the kind of story drive that you do in Skyrim. And it's actually a little bit of a bummer for me because, well, like it was made, like the, the world and the story was made by George R. R. Martin. So I was expecting something a bit more gripping and enticing for me. But, you know, I'm, I'm not one to give up on an experience. So I'm going to give it a few more hours of gameplay. But it seems like I'm going to leave this one for when I really... Have a dry spell with interesting story games
2: to play. One of the appeals for other Ring is that it's also multiplayer. So who knows? Maybe uh, I come join you in your weird adventure because I I, I feel what you say. Like uh, like Dark Souls, it's quite aimless unless you really put effort into trying to find a goal. Like it doesn't give you a goal. It says here's your world, and like you, I feel like too. Like okay, so what now? Um, what am I actually doing? Um, anything,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, so um, I'll definitely consider that. I tend to be a solo gamer for the most part, but ah, oh, you're a friend, and i I like Aww. your company, so yeah, but anyway, uh, another game is one that we actually have played together, and that's Balheim, and that's one I've been playing I've got to until recently again because not a nerd and you convinced me to get back into it after I played it to death last year. And now South Africa has this very int- irritating kind of energy system where for several periods every single day, for two hours, we do not have any electricity coming to our homes. And so I needed to find a game that is pretty low fi so that it doesn't tax my GPU too much. And So that I can actually last the two hour bout of load shedding. And so Valheim has been my go to for that. Aww. So I've been getting into that a bit more often now as well.
2: No, yeah. I, def- I definitely want to get into Valheim, but I feel like the best time for me to get back into it is when it's like getting closer to uh, out- coming out of early access. Because that's when like, all oh, yeah. the cool things are in there. And then it's-, it's going to be like, hey, this is the time to get all Viking in. And- kill and perv- uh, pillage even though there's nothing in
0: that in the game
1: <laughs> yes, I, don't, I, I think you might wait a long while if you wait for that, that to happen, eh? And I don't understand exactly how the, those kinds of systems work nowadays because they, they get frequent patches and updates with like a lot of content that comes into those kinds of games but it's still an early access and they already have so many, such massive player base but it's still an early access so I kind of understand what you mean in that regard because you don't really know when it's going to be out and if there is a fully realized game just yet. But for me, a lot of the time it seems like it's a bit of a pipe dream um, and all the core mechanics are already in the game.
2: yeah that, that's uh, that I agree with you, but the the fact that they introduce new lands and stuff uh, I, look i don't I don't disagree that a game can fully uh, update continuously. But then I feel like at a certain stage, it's no longer early access. Like, Don't Starve Together is a good example of that. They keep updating it no matter what, but they're not in early access anymore. But why I refrain from, say, Valheim is that I had a bad experience with Seven Days to Die because I think that game still considered early access, which is crazy. That game has been out for much longer than Valheim. And um, myself and a friend of mine, Raspberry Pi, we were playing that game and we built this really cool base and we actually really enjoyed ourselves and there was an update and we said okay that's not a problem and because of it was a bigger than needed update our game got deleted or we couldn't access it anymore so it's really like kind of like crap Now all that progress our cool base all, all the items that we gathered is just poof gone so that's why like in those kind of games like Valheim, it's 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 a beautiful game to like build and craft worlds and that kind of stuff but as soon as like, hey, there's one update that they now have to completely rechange everything. Like maybe they fully update the graphics or whatever, whatever, and everyone using the older version can't update, uh, can't experience these things because they're using an the older version. So they must stop the whole world all over again. I feel like flip. So it's meaning that I'll waste like plus five hour plus the ten hours I put into the game just because of you guys still playing putting this into early access mode.
1: Yeah. Now I can but get yeah. that, but yeah, but for for me it's it's still just the difference of a term and a title, like whether whether games get frequent feature updates and updates uh, and content updates as a fully fledged released game doesn't really have that much of a difference between an early access game that gets the same thing. They both already have the core mechanics and they're getting updated, so I think the difference for me is. Probably something like, what was the scope of the development time that the developers were looking at when they initially planned the game? And do they regard it as a finished thing? Because a lot of what, I'm not entirely sure, but I think studios will have like a massive team working on a game while it's still in early access and before it's been fully released. But then once it has been fully released, then there are only like 10% of the employees still working on that game or content updates, and the studio can focus on releasing something new. I, I think that's that's the difference. Where So an early access game will still have the entire de- dev team working on it, but mm-hmm. released game will only have like 10% working on it. Then again, I don't know. Yeah. Let's get to the actual topic of today's episode, which is our favorite games of the year, 2022. Now, this is a bit of a unique year for me because I actually entered the ranks of hardcore gamers in as much as I have a system that can handle newer games, for which I'm extremely grateful. So now I can actually play the kind of games that Mackie has been playing for years now. Because before this, I had just like a terrible, well, not a terrible, but an entry-level laptop from Intel fifth generation, which is like seven years ago or something like that. And I could, it was an integrated graphics card, so I could never play any heavy hitter games. And I knew like any game before like 2013, 2014 is about to the limit of newness for a game that I can play. But then last year I got an RTX 3070 laptop. And so I can actually handle all the modern games. So this has been a very unique year for me and my gaming experience. And basically, I just want to talk about awesome games that I've actually been able to play this year. So I've I've structured the topics for today into best game, our favorite games from 2022 so that were actually released this year um and our experience with them and why we like them and then our favorite game that we experienced for the first time this year despite the fact that they were released in a previous year so those Mm. are our two our two topics
2: interesting interesting
1: yeah so i'm gonna let you start this off over here because i'm curious as to what you were playing. And I don't think that I know everything that you were playing this year. So what was your favorite game from 2022
2: and why? Uh, So my favorite game from 2022 is quite an obvious one for me at least. Um, And for people who are knowing of our Fumble Shampoo account, that's why I basically advertised it. And that is the game Cult of the Lamb. So that game... I'm sure uh, if Jotun has bothered to even watch it, that game was a, r- a real blast to play with. Look, the, it wasn't like perfect in any ways, but it was, it got. It grew on me. It, it was some, one of the few games this year that made me say, hey, I want to keep playing this. Man, can't work any soon. I want to kind of get my teeth into it already. I want to kind of like play it uh, play properly. Because the, the story is there, but the, the way you interact with your followers is. Just as such a joy, because you get to name your cult. I ended up naming my the cult Ramble Shamble. And I'm I like made all, all, all my friends, so including Jotun. Jotun, you were basically the the second in charge of my cult. So congratulations, you are promoted from Claire to second in charge. Nice. <laughs> You're also one of the most loyal. And in the game, so the basis of the game is that you are a lamb who's about to be sacrificed because there's a fifth, there of all crowns, all main crowns, or bishops. And the, but there's a secret fifth bishop. And in order to release the fifth bishop, there's a prophecy that a lamb will raise a cult and release the fifth bishop. And uh, obviously you are the last lamb of your, of your species and they want to get rid of you as soon as possible. But by doing so, they, they deliver you straight to the fifth bishop. And that starts your whole adventure of gaining the powers of from the fifth bishop and so your own cults and you get to do a whole bunch of things like mind control your people feed them poop because they ask to be fed poop do a number of different things and you get to build your colony and you build it make it really self-sufficient and it's actually really fun so there's a lot of base building mechanics but as well as there's rogue-like elements so you have to go into each bishop's dungeon and complete it a certain amount of time which is basically four times sorry three times and then you fight the bishop of that dungeon and they they're different like i I will say there's and each bishop represents certain like sin or evil like the the most notable bishop for me that i will hate i hate and regret him forever is the fourth bishop where he turns your turns some of your followers against you and you have to fight them to the death and i was dreading the like the day where i had to fight and kill jotun because Jotun was one of the few followers that was with me from beginning to end. He did not die, funny enough, because I gave him a necklace which prevented him from growing old. Um I didn't even know that what the necklace did. I just saw that there was like this rat neck rat uh, shaped necklace, and I thought Jotun would wear something like this. And I gave it to him, not knowing oh, that wow. this necklace Thank you. <laughs> Not knowing that this necklace kept him alive and prevented him from growing old. So that was like the main way that my followers died and funny enough I was like regretting it and funny enough Jotun and Jules were both my best followers in that game Jules even more, he was my best worshipper he, he like you, your followers gain levels by how much you praise and that kind of stuff and he was the highest level but Jotun was like the most dedicated
1: yeah but like like we all know that we prefer the friends that are able to tell us uh, like our faults and call us out on our shit so oh, I think that I was the better friend, regardless, or the better oh. cult member, <laughs> oh,
0: because true. I would
1: have, like, I'm I'm loyal, but I I, I would have told you like, you got to stop with this, bro. Whereas he would just be like praising you.
2: He, you're right. So Jules was one praising me, but you were the more mischievous one. You were the one who would say, Hey, Moody wants to be wants to eat poop. Go feed him poop. So like, okay, I guess uh, Yota wants me to feed make Moody eat poop. <laughs> so. Okay. You're the tricky one of the group, (laughs) but but that's the thing. Like why I say that that is my best game of the year is most likely that's the reason why is that the reactions and experiences that I had with my people and the game made me feel for it. So unlike a lot of games, like I played a lot of different kind of games like Destroy Humans Two, Call Keeper, none of those games made me feel and. That, that's really important for me is as soon as I feel like hey I feel for the characters in the game like Metro Exodius I fought for those characters that's that's when I know this is a good game this is a game that make that's really got me invested into it but yeah that's, well, that's I,
1: all I heard was very somber piano music and violins in my head when you said the game made me feel and I heard like no 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 like it's like a really moaning violin playing
2: well, that's the thing. If we do touch on our best game of, like, our, like one game that we would recommend to anyone, I have a game that just made me feel for it. Like, really, like, dang, this is the game. This is a cool-ass game. But, yeah, I'm sticking with Cuts of the Land for the first question.
1: Nice. Okay. So, um, my favorite game of this year that was actually also released this year was Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> and I, I played it on Game Pass. I just, the game was just so much fun for me. Like the the 80s music that's inside of it. I, I added all of those tracks to my Spotify playlist. And um, I found that they had some really interesting mechanics in the game. Uh, namely the the huddle feature where... If, for anyone who doesn't know, there's this, this mechanic in the game called the huddle, where you'll be in a really difficult position inside of the game, and you'll there, there'll be some kind of indica- indicator for you there that, that you have the option to huddle, and then you you press the right prompt and everything, and then you just hear in the like in the background whoa. Whoa! and then like everybody gathers around you and <laughs> they're all like crouching in front of you as if you're on a sport team or something and they're all like oh geez star- uh, uh geez star lord like the- isn't looking out we're in a really p- or looking up we're in a really bad position and this damn raccoon won't shut up and listen to what i'm saying and then like there'll be a little <laughs> bit of an argument going on or whatever and then you'll be like um you'll you'll get the right prompt based on what they were saying to like encourage them to carry on and just stick it through until you've finished the encounter and then when you get out of the encounter some awesome 80s track will be playing in the background for like a theme tune for you beating the enemies so for example it'll be like uh star world will be like We got to go there and we got to get them and make this raccoon do the right thing so that Jax will finally keep quiet. And then they'll all be like, yeah, yeah, let's go do it. And then when you get out of the huddle, it'll be something like we built this city. We built this city on rock and roll, build this city. And then you just get amped up and you want to like do something as well. So like, I just really enjoyed the game. The, The soundtrack just pumped me up all the time. I always came out of that game with a really, really happy experience. Yeah.
2: Oh, jeez, dude. Uh, I'm actually really jealous that you did get to play that game.
1: Yeah, well, it's on Game Pass. So... Mm -hmm. That's not for wink-wink, you know? (laughs) Give it a go if if you're that interested. But I I, I really enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. Um, And I, I think that they... They really stuck to, to the template the movies gave with the retro '80s music, and a little bit of, of the aesthetics of the characters, but they also made it a bit more like the comics as well, which I also appreciated. Hmm. Yeah, so that brings us to the second question. What game did you try this year that wasn't actually made this year, but in the previous year? But you only got around to this year for whatever reason.
2: <laughs> so this is a hard <laughs> why, one.
1: Why that naughty, sneaky chuckle?
2: Because that's a hard one. Because uh, I don't have like games that I say like, "Oh man, this is the coolest game," and I'm gonna open it for the first time. Because like, it's one of those bad things. Like, why you build your Steam library and stuff? There's always such many, so many new games that are coming out again and again and again and you, you kind of don't get that get back to those games you said oh man I'll definitely play this game again um,
1: I must say I do have a bit of an, ad, an advantage here because I have you years can finally play awesome days <laughs> 100%. games. 100% yeah. yeah.
2: but yes I do have a game Um, something that pro- probably not many people actually know about us and it's a game that I would I hope that Jotun will bless me with playing with me in one day and that is a game called Barony. So, this game is very basic in its look and appearance. I have to say, it's slightly better graphics than Minecraft, but it, it looks very old, it looks very... It looks tired, almost. That's the really best try. way to do it. Yes, but the mechanics behind the game is what really brought me, or attention to me. So, Barony, I have no idea when it's been released, but it's been out for a while. I can just verify that while I chat with you guys. Barony is basically Dungeons & Dragons. But, uh, so it was released in 2015. So that shows you how old it is. But it's it's got such really great mechanics that makes it really interesting because you get to make your character and your class. So if you want to be a, a magician, you can be a magician. But the items you get in the world, you won't know what they are. You have to appraise them. So you don't have to physically look at them and appraise them. You can pick up the item, and certain items will be cursed, some items won't be cursed. But, so, say I choose a warlock, initially. I will have some magic and some melee attack, but the creatures are not... I'll say they don't take your crap, they can beat you up if they really want to. So you've got magic, you've got all kinds of things and you get, it's, it's so interesting on how simple this game is but yet this game is really advanced and the amount of people that actually love playing this game is quite really interesting but but I can see myself uh, not a nerd and uh, Jotun pairing up where Jotun being a ninja because he, could, he can be a ninja in this game and effing off somewhere and leaving myself and not a nerd to survive on our own. Himself getting killed, or myself getting killed, and we basically shout at each other all laughing at the same time. <laughs> but that does sound like me. But the the game Barony is, is a very interesting game. I encourage any pretty much anyone who's interested in first person shooters who if you can play it by yourself, but if you have a friend that joins along, then that's even better. Try this game out, Barony. There is a final boss that you have to beat, but the game itself is actually quite smart because everything, everything in the game has a purpose. Everything you can do has a reason behind it. For example, if you see a, a boulder trap, which can instant kill you, if you can like draw an, uh, an enemy troll, you can do that. But the enemy trolls have actual mechanics behind them because they, they're partially blind, so you can physically sneak behind them if your sneak skill is high enough. So why I say it's like Dungeons & Dragons, you have all these skills, you have bartering skills, you have magic skill, you have casting skill, you have all these different skills. And it's a very fun game. It's a, I have to say it is a roguelite. Uh, I see on the s- site page it's an action roguelite and I think that describes it uh, in quite a large amount of detail. Okay, yeah, cool. That's the one.
1: So uh, having a size advantage on Mackie over here, I did like... I did play a lot of old games this year. Um, all that in as much as I wasn't made this year. But um, so so it's a, it was a bit difficult for me to actually choose which one was my, my absolute <laughs> favorite.
2: A choice of little against a choice of many.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I'm not exactly sure that I do have an absolute favorite. So the one that I chose eked out uh, a lead for me. Purely because of the fact that I've been wanting to play it so badly for so many years, and this is the year that I finally got the chance.
2: Shadow of War. That
1: game... No. I played Shadow of War last year, so it doesn't count. Okay. The one that I chose and that I played this year for the first time was The Witcher 3.
2: Oh, wow.
1: Now, yeah, I I, I really love RPGs, and I, I really enjoy the Witcher universe because... The idea of what in the universe is called the it's like colliding of the spheres or whatever. It's, it's basically where a lot of different worlds just crashed into each other or combined into each other. And that's why, um, that's why there are lots of different monsters and stuff inside of the Witcher universe. Because I believe that it was the elves that started there. And then after that, there was the coalition of the spheres and um, humans and monsters and dwarves and a whole bunch of other things all had were forced to live on, on the same world. And that forced a lot of conflict as well. For me, that is already like a really awesome premise to build inside of a world, inside of a fantasy world. And then I just knew the reputation of how amazing the graphics was inside of The Witcher 3 and how good the story was for the game as well. And that's that's one of the big reasons why I play video games too, like for any reason whatsoever, that's the story. Really captivating story-driven games appeal to me so much because video games are an inherently interactive medium compared to other media which are more passive where the only thing that you can the only way in which you can contribute to the the message itself, the message inside of the medium is by interpreting it, interpreting it in a different way. But in video games, you can actually change the content of the message inside of the medium. And so story driven games appeal to me so much. And that that's why the Witcher was something that was really exciting for me. So this was the first year that I actually got to embark on the Witcher story, look at all these cool side quests and get to take down some epic monsters. And that's just, that's like pure cool factor. So I, w- I was hooked from the start. Yeah. So
2: did you finish that game to completion?
1: I finished the, the main story, the main game about Geralt and Ciri and Yennefer. But I, I I didn't delve into blood and wine and think hearts of stone. But I didn't go into the expansions the DLCs, because I know that those are also massive time sinks and yes. although I really <laughs> although I really enjoyed the Witcher, there are or there are still too many games out there that I also want to enjoy. so I can't be spending six months playing one single game <laughs> like <laughs> there's there's too much for me to try out like i support cd project red and i really enjoy their work but geez i have other aspirations as well and a life to get to
2: i'm just like you hey i am just like you when a game take it will take me like plus 40 hours i'm really thinking this is a project like at one point i feel like this is a chore. I'm like guys I appreciate all the work you put in this world and I appreciate that it can keep growing but there has to be a limit somewhere there are other yeah. things we can do on <laughs> work <laughs> on hey <play>. please yeah. <laughs> give me it a... um <laughs> yeah. that's why I was acquiring because that game is so long I couldn't get I couldn't start because I knew once I started it it would just be too long for me unfortunately I like like Jotun, we have a certain amount of time and a game like Valheim is so easy to kind of get into and build a world. But you can always like... It's like a more casual-based game where Witcher, if you don't know what you're doing, you're going to join back and you're going to say, hmm, see, I have a quest for this. What was I going to do again? Yeah. Did I have everything sorted out? Uh,
1: Yeah. So with with, with games like that, look, I, I do end up spending a lot of time playing games, more time than I anticipated. But that's just the type of player that I am. I like to explore... I like to see all the the beautiful things that the developers made because I, I want to be a developer myself. And I like really appreciating the effort that they put into the project. but if if someone if I see that the main story of a game is beyond twenty or twenty five hours long, then I really start to question whether it's worth it for me. but mm. A sweet spot for me is like 15 to 20 hours long. Yeah, I'll And think. like, because if it isn't a story-driven game, if it's a, an open world game and it tells me that in an open world game, the main story is 30 hours long, then I'm just like, geez, like that's not even all the extra content inside of the open world. Like, I, I don't know the time for that.
2: No, <laughs> it's true. Uh Especially with like me editing uh, episodes for Ramble Shamble and doing a bit more YouTube and putting a lot more focus into my exercise and exploring the UK, life comes into factor. And like I, my, my brother sometimes tunes me says, "Why do you always like start a game and then stop and start a new game and stop and start a new game and stop?" And, like it's because other game doesn't, other game is just like a gimmick kind of game and doesn't have a story behind it or something that actually makes me intrigued. Or uh there's a new game that my friends are playing. I want to tag along. I want to experience the game with them as well. Yeah. Can I suggest a next topic for this episode? Oh fabulous host?
1: Just now. But um I do want to say that you do well like I'm I'm the type of person that I really feel sad when I finish a series or a book or a game. Mm-hmm. Not not entirely, but I feel sad in a way because I know that Um, there isn't more that's waiting for me.
0: Agreed. And
1: I know that it's going to be really hard for me to find something that's worthwhile in the future because I will spend a lot of time making sure that the thing that I'm going to be spending 20 hours on in the future is something that's worthwhile to me. Agreed. And that just brings me to the point of what you were talking about on your brother's comments, being that you have to... Give yourself enough wiggle room and space to be able to admit, I'm not enjoying this right now.
0: Mm, and
1: mm. although I might enjoy it in the future, I'm, I'm going to give it a skip for now because Agreed. you can't fake interest. And you don't want to be, you don't want to ruin your experience of the game or any other kind of media by forcing yourself through a lot of suffering to enjoy something that you're not vibing with at the moment.
2: True. Oh, you speak a lot of truth there.
1: Yeah. So I, I give you I give you some some kudos over there. And it's Aww. happened to me a few times where I bounced off hard from a game. But then a few months down the line, you know what, it actually it actually started to vibe with me a bit more. So I actually really enjoyed the experience. And you have to be able to recognize when those moments in life do appear for you.
2: Jeez. Jotun's dropping some bombs here. Oof. Yeah. I mean emotional from it.
1: Nuggets of wisdom. <laughs> yeah. So what was the topic you wanted to suggest? I will consider it because I do have an extra one myself. Uh, maybe it's
2: the same one. But I, I when you mentioned this topic and you know, I just felt like, oh, this would be a good a good little addition. If there was time, obviously. Um it's again, it's your choice. You are the all powerful host of this episode. But I was gonna suggest maybe game that you would suggest the other person to play
1: we can do that at the very end i have one okay. more uh one surprise question and that is ha- like considering what we just spoke about what game did you try this year really excited about expecting to absolutely love it oh, no. and that you just like did you just bounce so ho- hard off of just like a turtle belly flop like you didn't like it at all and you, you were disappointed by it because you were looking forward to it so much and then you tried it and you just found out that it was not worth it for you at all
2: oh no I hate going back what to the, these did bad you face, oh, um, funny enough to show humans too I played, a, look, I played a decent amount of hours on it Um enough to say yes I have Got to some point but the game was just so boring look it's, it's one of those things where you like it's a game that you that I have nostalgia for but how the game was designed it's glitchy and it's boring it's just like none of it makes me laugh
1: Jeez, dude, I can even hear in your voice that, like, you just sound a bit dead inside talking about oh, it. Oh, just
2: because that's how I, how much I played about it. Like I said, I, I played this game when I was a y- uh, lot younger and I really enjoyed it. But because of how Vaughan's games have gone now de- nowadays and how they advertise this game, it looked like they really made a big difference. But it, it's, it's such a, a, like, a short-sighted kind of game. Like, I understand remastering is not just uh, you want to remaster the graphics but I wouldn't mind a spruce up on some of the mechanics because why I say it's boring is that there's no challenge behind it. I, I was playing that game on hard and it felt like I was playing on kid mode. I kid you not, because the nothing there was dangerous to me. I hope that, okay, I'll put this on hard. I was actually going to die a, a couple of times. I only died when I was trying to complete a, an optional mission and because the optional mission was so ambiguous in how to complete it, I died because I spent too much time intentionally not trying to kill the main boss. That's how much it was a challenge. So, unfortunately, it was just a one of those games that I have to say, do not play unless you really have that kind of nostalgia for the game. Even then, you probably won't enjoy it because it, it doesn't have that kind of wow factor to me. It, it's just like, ah, eh, okay. Like I say, like you fight against the KGB and they're meant to be these like top elite uh, fighters or you even come across the mi six and again, they're supposed to be these awesome spies. I can pick them up, chuck them across the entire world, pick them up, chuck them across again. The, and there's no there's no challenge. I just feel too powerful. And it's not fun powerful because I lift up an enemy and then they're dead. I can choose how to kill them. I can crash them against the floor. I can throw them against a building or I can just throw them away and then they, out, they despawn because they're too far away from me. So the game just felt way too easy to me. I, I was like, not challenged enough, and I think if I was challenged, I probably would have enjoyed the game a bit more, but it was just boring. It was like, I I played it, and I literally felt no enthusiasm while playing it. I was just playing it because I used to love this game, and because there was nothing to it left, I was like, okay, do mission, talk, add some joke parts, which were funny, but then boring. Yeah, that's my one. I'm sorry I destroyed humans.
1: (laughs) So... Uh, the game that I bounced off of the hardest was a very recent one. And that was a game called Elix, spelled E L E X. E L E X.
2: Elix, I'm gonna say.
1: And it's it's a it's a game that I got on Steam, which really, really excited me because it looked like some games that I'd played in the past, based on screenshots and gameplay. Uh that I watched.
2: Is it Elix 2 or the, fir- uh, the first Elix? The first one. The first okay. one. Okay.
1: It, it, it reminded me a lot of Gothic and uh, I see that. Kingdoms of Amalur. But when I played it, I realized that some games simply do not have expansive enough and uh, let's, let's call it quick enough mechanics to actually get me inside of the gameplay loop. So when I played Elex, I found that it was just clunky to navigate the environment, and (laughs) combat felt clunky to me. It felt like something from the early 2000s. So despite the fact that it had a very beautiful and glistening coat of paint on it, like the, the graphics are okay, but the mechanics just felt so cumbersome to me. And, and that's it really reminded me of why people like experienced gamers will tell you that it's all about the mechanics, and it doesn't really have to do with the graphics um, although I do feel that there is a limit to how far back and the degree to which of like retroness i can I can deal with, but geez, the, I bounce so hard of the mechanics inside of Elix. And it was a bummer because I really had looked forward to like a nice fantasy world or sci-fi world to go into. Yeah, it was a bummer, dude.
2: Yeah, it, yeah. t h uh, q Nordic can either hit or miss to me. Yeah, they're the kind of True. publisher there. Like they, they do have some hits, but they also have some misses. Better than Bethesda.
1: Well, I think I think that's a I think that's a given, just because of the fact you, that you're a publisher, so you don't necessarily develop the games. Mm-hmm. People just use you as a vehicle to get the games that they've already worked on True. out there. Okay. So, your question.
2: Games that you would recommend for the other to play? Yes. Um, I have... I'm not sure. That you played in
1: 2022. No.
2: Nah, uh, look, this can be any game. Like, a game that you know that will still be relevant to 2022, i say. Or 2023. Because I have this one game. Okay. Since you loved uh, playing Guardians of the Galaxy a game that I would recommend for you, which is not too pricey. Again, audience, I even recommend it to you is Arkham Knight. Not, uh,
1: I played it like a month ago or two months ago.
2: And that was not your favorite game of 2022. Dude, that game was awesome. No, it
1: was awesome, but, um, I'd, I'd already played, played previous Arkham games. So I was already used to the mechanics and just, I think, just because it wasn't a completely novel experience for me. It didn't impact me that much. L- when I played uh, Arkham City last year, I really enjoyed the, like, the visual style of it and the way that they made it an artistic experience. Like, um, for example, now, and this, this is something, a small little thing that I really, really appreciated about that game, and that's that Batman is a detective. So, you expect there's some some detective mechanics inside of the game, but what I didn't expect was that every single time that you pause the game, it would basically take whatever you're looking at inside of the game uh, or your camera and it would like slap a, a really interesting newspaper effect on side of what you're looking at in a way that made what you were looking at seemed like a crime scene, and man, dude, that just blew my mind. Oh, I'm
2: glad. I thought you were gonna rip on that. <laughs> I,
1: I really appreciated that mechanic or that that like visual, twi- uh, visual quirk. Oh, it was really nice for me, and so that's why Arkham Knight didn't appeal to me that much, or didn't have the exact same effect because it was softened by the by the blow of of Arkham City last year.
2: Oh. Uh, so, okay.
1: nominate something else.
2: Dang, dude. Then you're going to have to go for your nomination first. And then I will, uh, well I look into another nomination, knowing your preferences and stuff.
1: Okay. So, I have a, a cute little one. And I, n- I know that you enjoy looking for little indie games and <laughs> experiences that people don't no- usually find. You like finding your, your hidden gems mm. among among the trash heap.
2: <laughs> among the trash heap.
1: <laughs> a game that I would recommend for you, based on how much you enjoyed Moonlighter and how you recommended that for me, even though this game isn't a roguelite.
2: Oh, that game was awesome. It
1: was. A, a, it's got yeah. It's got similar combat and movement mechanics. And I found it really interesting because it's based off of Slavic folklore. And that's a game called Yaga or Yaga, which is, uh, if anybody of you knows, based off of Baba Baba Yaga from Slavic folklore. And basically you move around as, I believe, a blacksmith who is on some kind of a mission inside of this weird like Russian-European visual style mm. kind of depro environment and you just move around hitting things with a hammer or an axe and I found it super fun. Um, so I find I, th- I think that that might be a quick little experience for you. It's not the newest game oh, I like it so I'm adding to my wish yeah I found it to be a fun little experience both and sweet
2: um, Okay, I actually have one game that I think I did recommend it to you already and I'm not sure if you have tried it yet um, it's called Outer Wild.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> you have, and I haven't.
2: So, let me, let me, since I've got a bit of time, let me explain to the audience, because I would recommend this to the audience as well. This game is incredibly beautiful and incredibly well made, because again, the story is the main focus. But think of Groundhog Day. You would, in the game, you die, and then you start over again. But you don't lose everything. You, start, you still have the, all the knowledge that you gained from your one life. But you'll get, your kind of goal is to explore the universe and understand why am I dying and coming back to life? Why is there a continuous loop? Because I'll I'll give a little hint. Um, the, the sun is exploding. So the sun in the universe is exploding and your goal is to find out why and how to stop it, And possibly learn why you don't know how, uh, why you are, consistently reviving yourself. Why, why, what What made you special? And the, the music, the art style, the control, the physics, it's just all well made. It's just spectacular because I, I played the game and I... <laughs> it's one of the few games that actually made me so scared because I left the spaceship while in space and because the spaceship was moving at a certain velocity and because of relative velocity, I kept that velocity while moving through space. Because there's no... Uh, wind resistance to slow you down so i kept moving at a very fast pace without my spaceship with my spacesuit and i flew into one of the planets which was a water which is like a water world planet and there was these giant water tornadoes and crazy things happening and i was actually sweating because that's how like whoa this is so out of control i don't know how to save myself (laughs) <laughs> I was actually begging for the sun to explode because I wanted to start the world I wanted to start my life all over again but the game is so smart and fun in a way that makes you feel like you're really part of the world um, why I say that is that you have to control how you land your spaceship um, if you just uh, rely on the autopilot to get you there and land you'll find out quite quickly that your spaceship ends up exploding um, you also can leave your spaceship without space suits. you can like you say, Oh, I've landed. Now it's time to go. And you forget to put on your spacesuit. Uh oh. You're going to start suffocating. You die. Uh oh. So, but. So it forces you to use your logic. Use logic. And there's black hole, there's dark matter, there's portals, there's aliens, there's lore and history behind it. Dude, this game is beautifully done. And the music, mwah, it is beautiful. That's why I say, guys, if you're not paid this game and you kind of said, I'm looking for a game that really makes me feel like a game that really makes me say, wow, this, I can't, I cannot recommend this indie game enough. It is, in Jotun's word, a diamond in the trash. And pretty much anyone who, if you look.
1: I don't think I said that. (laughs) (laughs) A diamond in the rough Um, is is an idiom you're looking for. No,
2: I know that's a diamond in the rough, but you said uh, finding, finding a good indie game in the trash. I wanted to kind of uh, Uh, tie into that so but it's one of those few indie games that were was made quite a while ago and it ended up being a artistic masterpiece and it's a game that if you want to explore the universe or you have that fascination about space and future this game has that it has a real way of like exploring the unknown and making you feel like oh this is something that actually exists ah i got chills about just speaking about it Makes me want to play the game again. That's how good it is.
1: (laughs) Nice. Okay, so everyone, that brings us to the the end of the episode. Please tell us what were your favorite games that were released this year? What were your favorite games that were released in previous years and that you only got to try this year? And what games would you guys recommend for us? Yeah, we don't want to hear about your sub stories about games that you guys bounced off of. Because we are generally cherry people, but we would like your recommendations about games to play as well. Yeah. Mackie, um, where can they tell us about those kinds of things? Where can they provide us with that information?
2: So again, guys, we have a Discord channel, which is the definite spot to find us. It's in the descriptions of all our posting of these episodes. So YouTube probably is the most obvious. And you guys are welcome to join again guys if you're unable to join it's probably because a you don't have a profile pick for your discord channel or you you made a new account because you said oh i want to join this channel so quickly and you can always send me a, a direct message uh you probably shouldn't be able to still see me and just say can you let me in i'm really eager to join the team and that's the best way to join the team and again guys we will also be happy to play games um we're all busy people, but there are times that we may play certain party games and that kind of stuff, which I quite enjoy too. It breaks the ice or breaks the routine of playing a sort of game. But again, guys, we really do appreciate you giving us all the high fives, all the good likes, all the full star ratings you can possibly give it to this channel of Ramble Shamble, but also sharing us to your other friends and family who may be interested and possibly want to share their voices as well. And we'll continuously try to post on every Thursday. If we're unable to, it may be, maybe one of us is busy or a certain thing, then the best way to be notified is to join our channels or Twitter, Facebook, or Discord. Again, Discord is probably the better place to talk to us. But yeah, your comments are also important to us where Ramble Shrapnel is a thing that Jotun is the best person to explain to us about it.
1: Yes, so from the answers that you guys give us, we choose our favorites, or that you guys upvote the most, and we just talk about that for a little bit instead, because we can't think of everything under the sun about a given topic. Plus, we, got, we, we, we think that you guys are also smart, you know? I don't, I don't like to think of my audience as a bunch of dumbasses. I like to think that you guys are sophisticated, cultured people. And maybe you guys sit there with like a glass of wine or something with your fancy French food, whatever, and listen to the high culture and sophistication of our podcast. But anyway, I think that you guys have something to, to provide us as well, something that you guys can contribute to these episodes. So please let us know inside of the discord or on the YouTube comments, what you think your, well, what do you think? of the questions that we ask you. Yeah, please help us out, throw us a bone, let us know what we should talk about inside of Ramble Shrapnel. Thank you again for joining us here today, everybody. This was Jotun and Mackie. Bye-bye.
2: Bye-bye.